Hey, I'm Lance Frazier. Name of Rosenberg. My name is Trey Mason. You're listening to the Piffles Podcast. I'm Cameron Marshall, and you're listening to the Piffles Podcast. That's fun. Stay tuned. Here on the Piffles Podcast, that is Here We Go. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And no Greg this week. He decided to take his talents to... Ontario, I think? Toronto. Is he in Toronto? Somewhere outside of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Some preppy place just outside of Toronto. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Love Toronto, but anywhere outside Toronto? I don't know. I've never been actually been anywhere in the surrounding area, so I don't know. Yeah, me either. Oh, okay. I'll make fun of it anyways because it's Ontario. So, but uh, Greg's not here. Yeah, woo! <laughs> uh, give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can follow me at Real Alex D. You can find me at Safamod. Greg is at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Piffles Podcast. Check out our Instagram page at Piffles Pod and the website PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. They're now on Skip the Dish. They're now on Skip the Dishes. Get your Blizzard and don't even have to leave the couch. Fantastic! So if you need your fan food fix, Skip the Dishes Dairy Queen is there for you. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag Sass Podcast and uh, find out more about uh, some great local podcasts. And uh, Steve, speaking of local, we're sitting here, we have these beautiful, lovely, delicious Churchill blonde lagers in front of us. Want to give a shout out to them. Proudly brewed in Saskatoon. So if you're looking for a drink, go out and uh, get some Churchill, some really good stuff there. And drink responsibly. Absolutely. Uber's here in Saskatchewan, so make sure you, uh, you get on that if you need to. Yet another reason we're better than BC. Well, we'll see if we're better than BC later on this week. Episode 123. Um, A, B, C, easy as 1, 2, 3. And Set that's where everybody turns off. A, B, C, 1, 2, 3. No. Nobody likes the singing. Why does nobody like No, no, we like the singing. Not because it's good. Oh, I know it's terrible. I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm a good singer by any means. I mean, you got the guts to do it. Good well, for you. I don't. You'll never hear me sing on this show. Well, that's a shame. No, it's really not. (laughs) Let's get to the opening kickoff. All right, so the bye week's over. Um, Thank Jesus. We actually have stuff to talk about, a little bit. anyway. Eh. More so in the other CFL stuff, and we'll get to that (laughs) in a little bit here. But talking about the riders, the one big thing from the first couple days of practice that we've seen, Manny Arsenault practicing with the, the, the number ones. Looks like he's on track to play this week against BC, his former team, obviously. And uh, is he going to be that kickstart that this offense needs? Because last week they were, that offense was completely lost last or the last game against Calgary. You know, you look back to our offense two years ago, and then scale back one or to last season. The one thing that was missing was a good you know, grouping of veteran presence. We cut. How many different guys in the in the off season there and Duran left and Durand right, so all of a sudden we were just it was Nam Roosevelt and a bunch of rookies, 
So I think I think having another guy out there who's who's been there for years is a good thing. And it really, he's taken out a spot that hasn't really been performing that well anyways. I just hope his, his first go-around is better than Elamimian's, because that no, didn't go bad. well. I mean, it's we can hope. Quarterbacks. Kaleros is back with the team. Met with them during the bye week about what's going to happen. Obviously, was diagnosed with his sixth concussion in the last, what, Four Three, years, four yeah. years, something like that. So yeah, we we knew it was a concussion, and it's just official now, I guess. I wonder if people can hear my eye roll through the they through the podcast. Cut ties. cut ties with them. They have to. They have to find a way for him to leave with dignity. But he's got to go for his own good. He cannot see the field again. And the problem is, is that he's the starter of this team, and he's been anointed that, and he is their guy, and he gives them the best chance, and that's what we'll hear from Craig Dickinson. And I really hope that's not what we hear, though. I really hope it's, you know, what we chatted with Zach. We're, we're not going to bring him back. And that's what we heard from you Cody want, Fajardo, too. You want to pay him out the rest of his contract and, and put him on the sixth game? Obviously, he has to agree for that if you're not actually injured. But Well, I mean, it's either that or he rides okay. the bench if he's if he's not going to play. Or I have no problem him. with him being the third stringer. Yep. I'm okay with that. And, and Ryan Bennett, I guess, goes to practice roster or yep. gets cut or whatever the case is, but whatever but this is a guy i don't want to see take the field anymore and that's just not not because of performance because he still is our best quarterback but i don't want to see this guy off the field get literally killed because of this yep you've seen too far too many guys after their career ends go downhill because of head injuries he doesn't need to do that he's made you know a decent amount of change in the cfl he can set himself up for life after football, and he's smart enough. I wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, enter the coaching ranks, but he doesn't need to see the field again. Really doesn't. And this all stems from, the, obviously, the Simone Lawrence hit in week one, and we finally learned about the Simone, Simone Lawrence appeal. The appeal happened last Tuesday. We just found out this past Tuesday that two games upheld. Hamilton's on a bye this week, which means he'll miss next week, and the week after, that second game is the Ryder game here in Regina on August 1st. So he will not play that game. Conspiracy theory or no? (sighs) Kind of yes. It's too much of a coincidence, right? That he's missing the Ryder game. It's just... One, it took 33 days for... Since the the hit to now. That we we knew about this. And this is a a two-game suspension that was sent out, what... Four days after it happened, like the Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, yep. when when player discipline comes out, and it took, he obviously appealed, which is within his rights, yep. and the appeal process went ten hours last week. What do they talk about for ten hours? I would love, like, do they just sit there replaying it, second it's, by second by microsecond? How do you talk about that hit for ten hours? I mean, we've done it on the show, but how, how do you actually? have an appeal process on that hit there, although they guess they go after other back, you're going to be going back to other hits that were similar that didn't get two games that only got a fine and got whatever so you're going to have kind of a defense uh you know not to make it a courtroom situation but well, that's what it is it, it yeah. kind of is yeah. um you're going to have a defense team and then they're going to try and show that and i mean good on the the arbitrator whoever the arbitrator is to uphold the two games 
obviously it wasn't a Hamilton season ticket holder yeah, like uh, what's his name yeah 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 I'll never forget that because the next game that uh, Edmonton played in Saskatchewan I brought a son that says AJ is, is a gas hole <laughs> uh, clever ones yeah but good on the league and the arbitrator and, and it's it's all done it's all past us blah 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 I kind of wish he was playing here August could 1st. you imagine the noise that's exactly it because nothing else would have happened players aren't going to go out and get retribution what happens no lineman's going to take out your knees O linemen do that to D linemen all the time so you're not going to see anything you weren't already going to see yeah. you might shove them a little bit harder out on a block out of bounds maybe but that's about it yeah, hit him where it hurts. But the, on the fans, the, but the fans, fans would have been nuts. And they, st- I really hope he flies out with the tie because he, his talk is about how he's going to still be there for the team. I hope to God he comes out to the I game. I don't think he can be though. If you're suspended, you uh, cannot do any team or organization like anything with the team. Damn. Which is kind of somebody a pay his flights out here. We'll get him in the crowd and then just show a Maxtron. I might have an extra ticket for that game. Maybe he'll just come sit with me. Yeah, hey, there you go. Oh, man, that'd be fun. Maybe he'll finally race me. I hope so. I'll be running away from all the words I've said over the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Simone Lawrence, finally, two-game suspension upheld. We'll talk a little bit more about the the riders in... We'll talk about, a little bit more about the riders against BC a little bit later on in the Tallgrass Apparel Engaging with the Enemy we're going to be talking to uh, Brian from the BC Lions Den podcast, and he'll kind of tee up that game for us. But let's move on to some other CFL talk. The opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Festion, Royal LePage. I want to talk about the Montreal Alouettes. A couple different things. First off, this is for Greg. Kavis Reed got fired for... <laughs> Holy Manipulating gee. the salary cap, circumventing the salary cap, whatever, however they worded it. Basically, paying players under the table and getting their companies to pay the players. So With envelopes of cash. With envelopes of cash. It's hey, amazing. if he wants to slip me an envelope of cash, I'm not going to say no. So you can't fault the players. Oh, absolutely like, hey, not. More money? Absolutely. Right? But now that the, the Alouettes are still owned by the CFL, you have to imagine that the CFL is watching those kind of things a little bit more from Montreal than they would, say, the Riders. Absolutely. They get to see the books. And they're going through the books with other owners. I wonder if this came down because one of the owners was looking through the books going... That's why why right. did, why did and not to, you know, throw out any names, but why did Steph Logan's, you know, side business suddenly get a million dollars from the Montreal Alouettes? What, how, why? And yeah. like, and I'm not, I'm not accusing Steph Logan for the record, so don't come well, he did get suing cut, me. So. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. Maybe it was for his Instagram well, post. I wonder if that's why he was untouchable. Maybe. <laughs> Again, not accusing. I don't want to get sued. Um. <laughs> I love that he got fired for in the most cavus way possible. But does this finally end the failing up? Maybe. Or does he become president of the Eskimos? <laughs> this this is what he was talking about. There has to be consequences. Years ago when he was with the Esks, yeah. we finally have it. This is the consequence. Like, and of course, a couple of his uh, support staff got fired as well, too. Probably people that were, you know, working you know, the, with the books and, and right. on it and everything, right? Um, How many people have to be involved in this? Oh, you know it goes further than just three people. And what about the players? 
Where are they? Where's the let's let's start getting some names. Let's start getting some uh, actual that. consequences. The, C- the CFL will never publish that. They have to. Never. They, They'll it, never do it. If they know of players involved and don't discipline them in some way, how bad does this they have no balls? How bad does this franchise look off the field already? You're gonna do that to them too? They have to. They're Absolutely. Not, uh, they should. They're not going to. They have to. They're not going to. If, I, I promise you, they won't do it. And that's disappointing. I I mean, this you're probably CFL, not wrong. You're not going to find anything like that. But they, how, do you let it, how do you let it go? How do you sweep that kind of cap manipulation on a player's behalf under the table? You just say, oh, he was just doing what his coach told him. He didn't know what he was doing. Don't give me that crap. Like, here. Here's a hundred bucks. Here you go, bud. Right? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't question if I'm a player. You're going to give me a thousand. Well, I'm not talking about the players receiving it. Although, again, you know, there's a reason why they were able to circumvent the cap and bring all these guys in because they're paying them under the table. So those guys knew too. But I'm talking about the the players and their companies that were involved at the top end of the scheme. The ones that were like filling out the the envelopes and handing them out like candy. Those are the ones that need to be disciplined. Not going to happen. It's got to happen. But it won't. You're right. I just want to hear the names. I just want to see how many people are involved. Because there's there's probably quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, Curious thing though is uh, obviously with something like this happening, you have to take action, especially when you're trying to sell that team to potential buyers. And this is kind of those steps. The buyers are like, I don't want that guy. I'm gonna fire him anyway. So okay, well now the league can actually fire him since they run the team. Obviously, that means a, a sale is coming, right? Does it? I don't. Maybe. I don't think that. Although the is it the Lankov Lankov brothers? Yeah, are, the, are, the Hollywood producers. Yeah, are are the they're coming up to the game this weekend? I mean, it sounds like a deal is moving, but I don't think. I mean, that's that was the big news when the when the firing came out was oh, sale must be coming. I think it was just they caught wind, they took action. Although, don't don't give me this crap that the president doesn't know and. I'm fuming over this. Hollywood producers. That makes me so happy. Yeah. This is going to be like the Gleibermans. This, these guys know oh. nothing about football. But they're, but they're bringing in uh, the Hulk. And uh, and who is the other guy? As, as uh, like Lou analysts. Like yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's part Amazing. of their like uh, advice group. Amazing. You know, a guy who flopped out in the CFL. So. Jeez. Oh, this is going to be a circus. The good That's... news is, if they ever want to write a movie... They've, they, this whole they, they story with it. Reed is the perfect story oh, to, totally. to, to get it going. The thing about the whole thing is just the odd timing. Because the team has won back-to-back games. They've looked really good. Yeah. Vernon Adams, four touchdowns last week, two rushing, two throwing. This team's 2-2 two and two right now. There's no crossover team. Montreal holds well, second spot. Weird. Montreal, Montreal would have a home playoff game if, if the playoffs started now. Obviously, we're just through week five. But, wow. They're looking good. They are. And, People and are picking them to win on purpose, not because they misclicked. You're going to have one of those happen a little bit later on today with the picks, and they're up against Edmonton, who's looking really good. Yeah, I'm not picking Montreal anymore. <laughs> well, like maybe somebody else will. Spoiler we'll alert. But uh, I, I got one more question about uh, about Montreal here, and this goes kind of off the board. I actually saw this from uh, Rob Vanstone of the Star Phoenix in Saskatoon, the Regional Leader Post. What would the Riders have looked like had they kept him, Vernon Adams Jr., when we had him in, what, 2017, and not shipped him off? I don't think we would have been as good of a football team. 
Charleston Hughes was the glue of that defense, him and Willie Jefferson last season and again this season. Yeah, so Vernon Adams was traded from the Riders to Hamilton for Charleston Hughes hours after Hughes was yeah. traded from Calgary to Hamilton. So, you wouldn't have Charleston Hughes, like you said. But Vernon Adams is starting to look like that starting quarterback that a lot of teams need right now. Who was it, BC, that and, traded a, and the Riders a few first-round picks for him way back in the day? Before he even played a yeah. snap, they gave yeah. up a couple first-rounds for yeah. him. Yeah, so, I mean, he always had potential. And he always showed. He started 4-0 his career in, in Montreal, where they couldn't win a football game to save their lives, <laughs> and didn't get a starter job again for years. I mean, he's always looked decent. He just never got the opportunity. He's finally got a, a show to run, and we're seeing why he was a highly touted prospect. But, see, would we, if we kept him instead of Zach Caleros... Well, we wouldn't have had, to, had the trade for Zach Caleros, right? Right. So if we have him instead of Zach Caleros, well... Would this team be we'd have more. Mo- we'd have more money, too. We'd have more money, you wouldn't have Charleston Hughes. Maybe you keep... You keep Willie? Willie Jefferson. Albeit without Charleston Hughes. I think both teams made the right decision. Not on the Zach Calero side, but on the on the Adams for Hughes side. I think that was a win for both teams. Oh, Hughes has been fantastic for us, and obviously five sacks this year as well. He really wants that thousand bucks. <laughs> well, he's well on his way to get it with Micah Johnson being completely invisible this year with a grand total of, what, zero sacks and, what, three? Ta- I don't even know how many tackles he has. None. I mean, I'd say he's been a disappointment so far, but he's been eating up double and triple teams, which is why Charleston Hughes has five sacks. So it's you got to find the happy medium. I'm not really seeing much, like... Not seeing a quarter of a million dollars? No, I'm not seeing much destruction on that D-line other than Charleston Hughes getting five sacks. The rest of uh, A.C. Leonard, we talked about this last week, had a really good game against Calgary, but other than that... D-line's been completely invisible all year long, and we're not yeah. seeing plays that we expect to see out of playmakers like the ones we have here. Um, anyway, okay, so can, can I, we? I would love to have Vernon Adams right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would too, although I like Cody Fajardo. I want I'm to see more still, from him. I'm still not sold. Yeah. And that, that game against Calgary was Calgary bad. bad. Not going to fault him for that, for that loss, though. And the there bad... was a lot more wrong than him in that game. The bad news is we're back into the same situation we were in two weeks ago with him. Even if he goes 2-0 and against BC and we put up a 60-burger in both BC's games, a crap team. it's just BC. Show <laughs> me against a real team. He does it against Hamilton while they're missing Simone Lawrence. Show me when they've got a full roster. He's never going to win people over. And then over. they play Montreal the week after that. So <laughs> right, maybe yeah. Montreal's back to being a dumpster fire on the field by then. <sighs> got to feel bad for that guy. But... Can we, I, I realize this, can we go back to Montreal and the Cavis Reed situation for a second and no. laugh at the fact that Joe Mack is in charge? Oh. Too bad Greg's not here. He had to miss, of all shows, this one. Right. Where Cavis gets fired and where Joe Mack takes over for Cavis in Montreal. Just, I feel bad. I don't normally I feel wish, bad for Greg. I wish Joe Mack was still in Winnipeg. Oh, I wish he was in, in Winnipeg so much. What he did to that team. He destroyed them. He set them yep. seven years back. Yeah, they're finally winning again now. And he, what, imagine what he's going to do to a Montreal team that can't win anyways. Oof. 
The nice thing is that pretty much all their players are set in place right now. Yeah. You can't really screw that up anymore. Next year, absolutely. I think he's just a, a placeholder for... Whenever a new owner comes yeah. in, they'll pick their own guys. If those, if the new owners pick Joe Mack, they are the Glebermans. They'll probably pick Eric Tillman, for being completely honest. You don't think he's going to wait around for the uh, the Schooners job that he was nope. uh, linked with? I don't think the Schooners are going to be coming anytime soon. They can't sell out that touchdown Atlantic game. They're trying to give out tickets for 30 bucks now. and they're Not wrong. They're, there's, I, I'm sorry. I just, I, as much as I'd love to see them out there, it's tough to bring in a team when attendance it. is down across the league. And then right you're now. sending Toronto and Montreal. Those are the teams yeah. that are going out there. I'm not racing to buy tickets to see Toronto and Montreal. Who would have thought Montreal would have been the better team out of those two right. this year? Definitely not me. I had oh. Toronto in the Great Cup. Um, oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Whoops. Oops. Hey, still time. Long season. Um, For them, it will be. <laughs> one other player I want to talk about before we get onto a couple other things. Brandon Banks of the Ticats. Great game last week. Hell of a game. 115-yard uh, missed field goal return for a touchdown. Had, what, almost 200 yards receiving? 180, yeah. Something like that. And two touchdowns as well. So he was a big part of the, the win for yeah. Hamilton over Calgary. He single-handedly kept them in that game until uh, their offense actually started moving the ball. Yeah. Um, so he got fined <laughs> for bumping an official. Basically, yep. um, he very strongly disagrees, and even tweeted at Randy Ambrosi, "This is BS." Um, that's paraphrasing, and said, "I want to have a meeting with you, and I'm not paying this fine." Can't you appeal a fine? No, good question. Right? Like, doesn't I imagine there has to be? The, the league can't just go fine. Yeah, you'd think so. So appeal it and get your sit down with them. But you made Don't contact with an official. social media. And get another fine. <laughs> and he said he'd pay that fine. Yep. He actually told one of our, our guests coming up, Brian from BC yeah. Lions, Dan. Brian said that, uh, dude, that's going to get you a fine. He goes, that's, I don't care. I'll pay that fine. But I'm not paying this one. This is about standing up for you know yourself when you didn't do anything wrong. This, this fine is 100% because of Johnny Rose. 100%. Because they they now have to take a firm stand at any contact with an official, and he shoved him. He he didn't like push him quite as bad as Rose did, but he he moved his arm. There was contact there. the The ref was trying to guide him around, and he went, tried to go through the ref. He's got nothing to argue with, and I've heard, I've seen a bunch of uh, Ty Cats fans try and defend it. You can't. He made contact with an official. You complained when Jonathan Rose didn't get uh, his suspension and it was a fine. That is now what happens when you touch an official. I guarantee you any contact like that from now on will lead to a fine. And it should. At least. At least a fine. Yep. Yeah. If, if anybody does what Rose did, again, there will be more to it than just a fine. But the the bare minimum, you touch an official in any way, fine. And it should be. You do not... There's no excuse to contact an official in any way. And I'm laughing at the fact that he's taking another fine to complain about a very legitimate fine. Players just... They, they just don't learn. Like, just just stop it. I'm sure he has Randy Ambrosi's number. Or has very easy access to getting it. Call him. I mean, I'm a fan, and I got the, I got the commissioner's number by 
asking him while drunk at a tailgate. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure a, play, a top-tier player in the CFL probably has him on speed dial. Yeah. Call him up, hash it out, move on. Maybe don't touch an official. And that's exactly it. It all stems from that. So anyway, let's, uh, let's keep going here on the Piffles podcast. Sent out a tweet earlier on, uh, on Wednesday. We want to get some questions. What should we talk about on the show this week? And uh, we'll throw this out to the listeners here. This one comes from some guy named Greg. How much do you miss me? I don't know you. I don't miss you at all. Who? Sorry, Greg. Greg from Regina? Okay. Next one. Thanks for listening. Uh, Jason. What do you think the riders can do to get more butts in the stands? And this attendance thing has been, we talked about that last week as well, too. And we obviously you can't devalue your product and, and try and blow out $20 tickets the you know the, the whole week leading up to the game. This game against BC is, is actually selling a lot better than last game against Calgary. Which is weird. Saturday at 5, a lot better for out-of-towners. They can still go home at uh, you know 8 o'clock when the game ends. They can still be home by 10.30 in Saskatoon, right? So That's true. That is a lot better for them and they don't have to basically waste and get a hotel room and waste their weekend right so driving up on saturday and then driving home on sunday so i think that is it honestly you got to put a winning team on the field that's ultimately what it comes down to and especially in this market we have the big shiny new stadium but i feel the luster is worn off for a lot of people and it comes down to to economic dollars and what you're willing to spend and and for sure it's expensive at the stadium but people will buy the ticket if the team is winning and it's a good exciting team well you know what and i saw there was a lot of comments this week uh from from several people where they were talking about the cost of attending a game at the in in regina and how for for a family of four or a family of three or five they have outpriced themselves they now have to rely on you know the single folks and the the couples and the high, you know, what do you call it, the one percenters kind of thing. Yeah. Like it, it should not cost two to three hundred dollars for a family of four to go out to watch CFL football. I mean, yeah, you can bring your own food, and some people do that. You won't be able to do that for much longer. But I mean, I get that part. But even tickets alone, I I bought tickets to the the Calgary game or to the um, Toronto game outside of our usual section where we pay what thirty five bucks a game. And they, I was on the twenty yard line for ninety five bucks. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. awful. That's ridiculous. And the scary thing is, it's only going to go up. And I realize a portion of the ticket costs is that eleven dollar, you know, pay off the stadium fee, which I'm all for. But at what point do do they stop raising tickets and go, okay, we've capped out? Because imagine if they came back next year and dropped ticket prices by ten percent, even though they're still high priced tickets or they're overpriced tickets. Suddenly it's, oh, hey, rider tickets are on sale. Yeah. Let's go. Because which is better, 30,000 seats at 100 bucks, or 33,000 at 95 right? I don't know the math on that, but... Just get people in there. Yeah. That's, get that's them spending it. money on the food. Get them spending money on beer. Get them invested in the team. Yeah. Get them spending money maybe on enough, merch. Maybe don't have $50 t-shirts. I know that's kind of out of the rider's control when you have Adidas setting prices and or New Era, yeah. I guess, setting prices or DKNY for the ladies line that they have. Maybe don't have DKNY as a as a line for <laughs> for rider gear for ladies here. 
Anyway, that's a completely different rant that I can go off of about whatever. But have something affordable. So I know, obviously, a lot of people, they'll go to like a Giant Tiger or a Walmart. They Mm -hmm. have Rotter merch there. They have CFL merch there. And it's like 10 bucks for a shirt. I'd rather get that than, you know, spend $50 on basically the same shirt at the Rotter store. You're starting to see more of those Chinese knockoff jerseys in the stadium. I saw a a handful. (laughs) What was that? Sorry. Nothing. (laughs) Did you... You probably saw, you know, probably a, a number four Durant jersey. Might have seen a few of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are nice, by the way. Yeah. No, like, people aren't willing to spend. I'm, I mean, we're, I would say we're diehard fans. 250 bucks for a jersey, though? Not a chance. For a guy who's probably not going to be here in two oh, years? Especially if I buy their jersey. <laughs> but, I mean, they have outpriced every aspect, and it's a problem across the league, and it's something yeah. the league has to take a serious look at. But they, it all comes down to what you said, win. This team will put butts in the seats if we're contending for a great cup. They aren't going to do it if we're 1-7 and and looking like 2015 all over again. Look at 7 through 14. Mm -hmm. Sellouts. Every game. Every game. Uh, Janice, what's going on with Brett Lothar? Well, he's got a groin injury. That's That's all I know. He's at practice and he didn't kick. You can't mess around with a kicker, leg, or groin injury. That's, That's where all the rotation comes from. And I'd rather keep him yep. for later in the season when, yep. you know, you need him. So, absolutely. Um, Jay says, should Fajardo be anointed the starter for the rest of the season? Should he? Yes. Will he? No. Because this is, we talked about it, it's still Zach Laros' team, unfortunately. Yep. Until they cut ties with, with Kalaros, that's that's what we get. Yep. Can't really add to that one. I like this one. David. He's uh, actually a Bombers fan. What's your favorite DQ Blizzard? And why isn't Furlan on the show? I can answer that part really quickly. Because Furlan sucks. He quit. He quit no on us. a quitter. I like, I like Furlan. Kind of. yeah, you don't have to work with yeah, him 40 have, hours a week. <laughs> I don't have to see him outside of hockey season, yeah. so it's great. Um, favorite DQ Blizzard, though? The one in my mouth. Always doesn't matter what it is. But you know what? I actually had one of those Canada Day blizzards. Oh, they were good. Furlan. They were good. Oh, I didn't get out there. That's my fault. They still have them. Oh. Well. Yeah, they, they did the opposite of what they did with the Dream... Was it the Dreamsicle? Like, yeah, yeah. Where they, where they loaded up, or where they brought, like, enough for 10 customers a day. Yeah. Well, no, the Canada Day blizzard. They went, oh, hey, everybody and their dog brought this orange one. Let's... Well, Dairy Queen's on Skip the Dishes, so maybe I'll just order one right now. Um, my, do it. My, do it. My go-to is uh, is the Oreo. That's the go-to fallback. Um, I love Score. I love Rolo. Oh, I love a Rolo one. My, Reese's peanut butter cups is yep. probably my favorite though. Yep, that's a, that's always a good choice. You got when I was growing up, it was always blueberry with the Reese's Pieces candy in it, and they got they dumped the blueberry flavor, and it, I I've never forgiven them. I still eat them all the time, but <laughs> every time I just oh, could really go. I'll for take one. my second best one. And it's still delicious. Um, Fran asks, will this be the big breakout week for the D-line? So much talent, but haven't got the groove yet. Well, if they can't do it against BC's old linemen, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Adam Stewart, after four weeks, what is the one position you want to see improved upon on this team? Solomon Means. Oh, are we not naming names? Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Defensive back, preferably those who wear number 26. Could you be any more specific? Uh, S means. No, 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 that's no. too obvious. Yeah, Solomon, Solomon M. M. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's it, the defensive backfield last game especially was awful would be an understatement. 
So there. If Nick, Nick Marshall should be back, so that's one oh. starter back in the spot. So yeah, the other. Uh, and Creston Butler's a free agent again. So. No. I mean he is, but no, stop. Okay, well fine. We don't need Toronto's. Once a rider. Uh, <laughs> oh God. And most importantly, Sharon asked when are the puppies back for a halftime show. I think that's later on in the season. Usually they do that like October. Always the best halftime show. Always. Emerson Drive is the halftime show this week for uh, Yay, more country. country country weekend. As opposed to last week, which was Saskatchewan Saturday. weekend with a country with artist. Country. Yeah. I like Emerson Drive though. I don't mind them. I I used to love country music. They still got yesterday. Huh? There's a song of theirs. I don't there's a pun. Damn it, Steve. I don't I don't do country anymore. I'm still I'm thirty four years old, love a good party, never been to Craven. You're not missing much. You're actually uh, a much cleaner person than if you were ever to go to Craven, and this is coming from a guy who's been to Craven. Yeah, no, never going to happen. I'm way past that. I'm, I'm, I'm over that. Anyway, there's uh, Piffle's questions for the week. Send them in to us anytime. You want us to talk about absolutely anything? We'll do it. Um, Especially food. Love food. Steve, you want to bring up something new every week, and we're going to start doing that this week here. You know, somebody somebody brought it to our attention said, why do you do this? Why don't you tee it up? Because we're not smart enough to do stuff like this. <laughs> this is why we ask for your help, because we can't figure out a show on our own. Um, so... Every week, you're going to find the CFL Tweet of the Week. It's not going to necessarily be by, like, or about the riders. It could be anything, right? Yeah, it's not going to necessarily be about football. It'll probably be about football. I guess it's the CFL Tweet of the Week. Or at least by somebody in the CFL family. So it may not always be about football. This one is. But, you know, we're going to leave this up to people's imagination. So if you ever want to get your name on this show, entertain us. We've been doing it, well, we've been trying to do it for 123 episodes. Now it's your turn. So this week's uh, CFL Tweet of the Week, as I bring it up here, goes out to Krista, at Krista underscore B underscore 85, in response to Country Day at uh, in Saskatchewan and the riders having 10,000 cowbells as their giveaway. Oh yeah, for 30,000 people you're going to have 10,000 cowbells. Great marketing. Well, I mean... You can find a company that'll sponsor you for a full 30000 Do you really want 30,000 cowbells ringing in your yeah, ear? Yeah, absolutely. I, I hate, don't. I hate stupid giveaway days where they don't have enough for people in attendance. And that goes for every sport. Oh, limited edition. The first 5,000 fans get in. No, that's BS. Have enough for everybody. I wish you would tell us how you really feel some days. One day I will. One day. Sorry. That's okay. So her response to the riders giving away 10,000... Um, Cowbells. Cowbells. And this goes back to uh, an earlier beef we were talking about. She goes, Rider fans, maybe we can lower ticket and concession prices a bit, have a more family-friendly game day experience, maybe get a few extra bus locations going. These things will fill the seats. Riders, the the decline in attendance is a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. She should shut her Twitter account down now because that was perfect. Her account is fantastic. Yeah. Great follow, by the way. Yeah, it's at Krista underscore B underscore eighty five. I want to meet her. Oh. She's hilarious. Yeah, that was uh, that is this week's Piffles CFL tweet of the week. And I wish I could remember who it was that suggested we do that because I would love to give him a shout out. Was it Cappy? Sure, Cappy. Congratulations. <laughs> it's, it's now your fault. <laughs> That's right. 
Uh, let's move along here. We're, we're getting out of time here. Steve, let's look ahead to this game coming up. The, the BC Lions come to town, 1-4 against the 1-3 Riders. Must win for both teams. I think it is. Even though it's only week six in the CFL season, this is pretty much as must win as you could possibly get. Absolutely it is. If the Riders don't win at least one of the next two games, their season's over. A split does basically no good whatsoever for either team. I mean, a split keeps both teams in it. I guess, but if a team get either team gets swept in these back-to-back games, they're done. They're done. Yep. So let's uh, let's take a look at it from the BC Lions perspective. Joining us this week on the Tall Grass Apparel, engaging with the enemy. We're joined by Brian from the BC Lions Den podcast to preview the game. Brian, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. So back-to-back games against the Riders. We'll start here before we get into specifics. Lions are one and four. The Riders are one and three. Are these must-win games already this early in the season for both teams? Oh, I think so. I think if uh, either team sweeps the series, the other team is probably done. Um, you know, in the, in the case of the Lions, they've already lost the season series to the Eskimos. If they lose the season series to the Riders over the next two weeks here, um, you know, it's not looking good for them. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's it's probably more important for the Lions. I think they played more games against the Western Division opponents, but um, um, you know, it, it's certainly um, yeah, a, a big a big two game series for both teams for sure. So we've seen the the Lions O line look really good, or at least passable early in the season, and then up against Edmonton, they they look like a a, a sieve versus uh, the Eskimos. Which O line is the real BC Lions O line? the answer for that I'd probably be coaching but uh, I don't think uh, I think it's kind of somewhere in between I don't think they're as bad as they've been against the Eskimos and um, you got to remember too it was a tough week for the Lions they had to fly back from Toronto on, on the Saturday night got in Sunday morning practiced on Monday and Tuesday Wednesday and then you know the game comes on Thursday so it was a tough week for them being you know back east and coming back to face a rested Eskimo team who was coming off a bye but you know that in no way, shape, or form is that why they lost the game. But, um, you know, I think it's somewhere in between. I don't think they're as bad as uh, they have been, but I don't think they're as uh, as good as they have been either. It's probably somewhere in between, and they, they're they're trying to figure out uh, a good combination of players there. I think they may be starting a new uh, offensive tackle this week, bringing uh, Philip Norman off the practice roster and shuffling Danny Foucault inside. We'll see what happens there. But, uh you know, they're, they're still trying to find their chemistry, and, uh, you know, hopefully they find it soon before the season's lost. Do you kind of worry about going up against a Riders D-line that's kind of, you know, underachieved? Micah Johnson has been kind of invisible this year for the Riders, but, I mean, he's still Micah Johnson. You got Zach Evans, and Charleston Hughes has five sacks. A.C. Leonard is an all-star from last year. Does that worry you going up against those guys with that O-line right oh, now yeah. in D.C.? Sure it does, but at some point you got to have some pride and come and play, play football. And the Lions did not do that last week. And you know, I kind of thought that after the first loss against the Eskimos, those guys would show up and and uh, you know put put forth a better effort, especially for Mike Riley, who took a pounding in that first game. But uh, they didn't. So um, you know, this week's another test. Are you going to come to play football? Are you going to stand up? Or are you going to be pushed around again? And uh, you know, we're going to find out on Saturday what type of team we have and what they're made of because um, you know that was unacceptable last week it was unacceptable in week two against the Eskimos and 
Um, you know, we're wasting the acquisition of Mike Riley right now. Uh, you know, he hasn't been able to get on track because he, he just doesn't have time to throw the football. And if that happens again this week, it's going to be another embarrassing loss for the Lions. Now, you mentioned Mike Riley, and we've seen, we know he's the toughest player in the CFL without without question. Do, do you start to worry about seeing that this number of pretty big hits piling up against him uh, and what kind of effect that can have later on in the season? Oh, absolutely, and I think it's affecting him mentally, too, because, you know, I've seen several occasions this year where he's been extremely frustrated. Uh, he got into it with a fan walking off the field at halftime last week. Uh, a fan yelled something down to him, and he told the fan to come down and say it to his face. So, you know, he's clearly going through some frustration right now, and, uh, you know, he's uh, he's not being, uh, we're not getting our money's worth, that's for sure. Um, it's, something's got to change, and you know, his receivers need to help him. They've been dropping balls when he does have some time. And, you know, Daron Carter's been fairly invisible so far. So that has to change as well. So, uh, you know, there's all, all sorts of, uh, you know, things that are contributing to this. But uh, unless that offensive line gets fixed, uh, you know, Mike is going to have a tough time. But certainly the amount of hits he's taking is going to make it hard for him to finish the season. He certainly can't continue at this pace. Devon Claybrook's obviously a rookie head coach here in the CFL his first year as, as head coach with the Lions. I know how you feel about uh, you know the the sideways hat. You don't care about that, it, it, and I know people, uh, especially on Twitter, uh, go off about that. But is is there something about just kind of having that rookie coach that you find is uh, is tough on this team? Well, I think it's more of an inexperienced coaching staff, not not a rookie head coach. I mean, Devon Claybrooks has been uh, you know mentored under a very good system in Calgary under Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel and. You know, he's got the pedigree to be the coach, uh, but I think some of the surrounding pieces, the Nick Lewis's, uh, Drew Tate's, um, you know, I'm not sold on Jarius Jackson as an offensive coordinator. I think some of the, the surrounding pieces for Devon are a little bit lacking right now in experience, and I think perhaps they've been out-coached in a few games this year. Um, I'm not sure that's all on, De- on Devon, but, uh, you know, until the players actually come to play and put forth an effort that... Uh, you know, you can say, well, they lost, but at least they, they, they battled hard and they were in the game. Um, you know, until that starts happening, I don't think you can judge Devon Claybrooks. Um, the only thing you might be able to judge him on is is why this team wasn't ready to play last week. I mean, you got your ass kicked in, in week two, and uh, you should have some pride and come to the stadium and, and play uh, a solid football game against a team that pushed you around a few weeks ago, and they didn't do that. So that makes me question, you know, uh, either A, do they have the right personnel on this team the right mindset or were they just simply not ready to play last week and, and some of that you have to put on the head coach now you mentioned earlier uh, Deron Carter being invisible so far this year we know all too well that he's a guy that plays uh, with with emotion and with the, kind of his heart on his sleeve is this the the kind of the must bounce back game for him he's coming back to Saskatchewan after after getting cut is this the game where you need to see something from him well, again, it, it's tough. He's been the whipping boy based on his, you know, his reputation, and uh, I don't think that uh, we can truly judge Jerron Carter until his offense gets going. Um, you know, there was times last week where he looked like he was going through the motions. Lions were down by 30 points, and he was out laughing with the Eskimos on the field, which wasn't a great look. He took some flack for that, but he's been, by all reports, he's been outstanding in the dressing room. He's being a good teammate. He's not you know, making any waves or anything like that. So I think that, uh, you know, until this offense gets going, we can't really judge uh, the performance of Drawn Carter that much, but certainly he needs to step up. And, 
Um, you know, the Lions don't have a lot of receiving depth outside the big three there. Brian Burnham and Lamar Duran have been solid, but uh, Duran Carter hasn't been able to find his chemistry with Mike Dur- Mike Riley, and uh, you know that's got to change quick because um, you know this offense needs to get going, and it, it can't get going with just two receivers. And uh, really quick for the defense on on BC, what are you seeing out of them that uh, uh, might pose a challenge to the Riders' offense this week? <laughs> well, if they don't get a pass rush, I mean that's been their biggest issue so far. They haven't been able to stop the run in a couple games. So, you know, when you have a guy like William Powell running against you, uh, that's going to be a challenge for them for sure. They've got to get pressure up front. They've got some injuries on the defensive line now. Matt Boston's gone in the sixth game. Darius Allen's gone in the sixth game. So, you know, they're really struggling at the defensive end spot right now. I'm not sure Odell Willis is still the same player he was a few years ago. So, uh, you know, that's got to improve. And uh, I think it all stems from both sides of the line of scrimmage, not only on the offensive line, but the defensive line as well, because... You know, they haven't been able to stop the run at times. They haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. And when you're not getting pressure up front, it makes it real tough on your secondary to cover receivers. So uh, that's the main thing that has to improve here, and that's, that's what concerns me about the defensive side of the ball at the moment. All right, uh, time to put some numbers out there. Prediction on this week's uh, with this week's game. Who wins? Uh, you know, I'd love to say BC, but I, just, I don't have the confidence in them right now. I think that because the Riders are at home, uh, they're probably going to squeak this one out and um, you know, I hope I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the boys show up uh, this week and, and put forth a good effort and maybe steal one in Regina and then try and uh, get a second one at home. But uh, one game at a time here, and I think that uh, you know this team has uh, a lot to prove. Uh, you know, not only on a pride side of things, but uh, you know, do they have the right personnel here? Do they have the right people in the room? Can they stick together through tough times? And um, you know, I'm hoping they can do that. But uh, I think the Riders will probably squeak one out uh, at home this week. Well, it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup between two teams that have struggled so far this season putting uh, wins on the board here. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining us here. And uh, really quick before you go, tell people where they can find the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find it on bclinesden.ca. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash bclinesden.ca. And on all your favorite podcast app, we're on there. If you just search for BC Lines, uh, you should find it, no problem. You know, I always like Brian because he picked the Riders to win this one. Yeah, he's he's the good bearded nice. uh, CF Podcast Network not, host. Not like the other one that wears red. Yeah, we don't talk about them. No, there's eighteen and zero predictions. <laughs> hey, Ryan. <laughs> um, this game, like we said, and like Brian said, it's it's a must win for either teams and for either team. And if you can sweep these games, you're kind of set on your way to the season, rebounding back in your your favor and and moving on towards the playoff race and. The, the Riders have to win. we got to get a pass rush, because if we can't do it against that O-line, like we mentioned earlier in the show, they're not going to. And with changes on the on the BC O-line, this is the time for that defense to really, really show. In in the question segment, I mentioned that, you know, Solomon Means on the defensive backfield is the key to, you know, or the, the area we need to improve. But you're right, the area we need to see the most from in this game, if we are going to go forward, is that D-line. Because we've seen nothing but terrible things from BC Lions O line, save for one game. What 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 does that say about this roster? If uh, we come out of this game with one sack and Mike Riley has, <clears throat> you know, four hundred yards passing because because he has twenty seconds to throw the ball. Just get to Riley. Yep. That's all. It Send comes down to. the house. Get to Riley, and if you can semi frustrate Jerron Carter, 
because we all know if, if Duran's not getting the ball, you know it before the, before the play. So if you're a defensive back, just watch how he lines up at the line of scrimmage. We love Duran the guy. Yeah. Love him. As a player, he's so easy to predict. And that's with, you know, the immense amount of talent that the dude has. He just never yeah. puts the, it in. The sad the part is when he's getting the ball, even if you know he's getting the ball, he's, he's top, probably going to get the ball. He's a top three talent. Yep. But if he's not getting the ball, he doesn't care. Yep. But Can, can we just go back to something Brian said in that interview? Mike Riley going off on a fan? Yeah, that's news, hey? Where where has that been? Why is that not something that people have been talking about? Because that is a big deal. Mike Riley is usually that that calm... Not the answer in the Edmonton locker room. Right? Mm, I, I, I didn't accuse him of being that. I'm starting to but wonder. I didn't not say he wasn't. I mean... I, I, negatives? I, I still don't think he was that guy. No, but this... This this season's got to be taking a toll on him, and to see him lashing out at fans is a big deal. I I mean, knowing that, I am going to be all over him on Saturday night, and I hope the rest of Rider Nation is in the in his ear because he's clearly frustrated, and he's clearly getting frustrated at fans. Get on his back, everybody. It means his mind's not on the game. Yep. So yeah, if we can do that. Great. That's part of the home field advantage. So ring those cowbells. Yeah, absolutely. All 10,000 of you that yeah. get there early enough to, to do it. So, yeah, if you're yeah. an hour and a half early for the game, you'll get one. Yeah. That's about it. Um, so we got to do our picks here before we go. <laughs> Toronto or Calgary? Is more, we're both going to pick Calgary. Is the spread of 11 and a half enough? No. Not even close. That that Toronto team might be the worst team I've seen they suck. in years. They suck a lot. They are worse than Montreal over the last couple of years. They are just bad across the board. They're way worse than the yep. three and fifteen Riders from yep. twenty fifteen. Yeah, way worse. Yep. Okay, so Calgary. Uh, yeah. Ottawa, Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Jonathan Jennings starting for Ottawa. I mean, he's better than when than what we've seen from Dominic Davis, but. If, he was no. He wasn't a winner in BC. If Ottawa wants to get back into the contenders talk, which they're not, they're pretenders. They would have to win this, but don't tell Ottawa fans that they're they're certain that that team's a contender. I love how. And I'm sorry, I'm going off the rails a little bit. Do you remember before the season, everybody was predicting Ottawa would be awful because they lost so much talent in the off season, and even Ottawa fans were agreeing. Suddenly, they win a couple of games out of the gate. Against, you know, was it Calgary who looks awful and the Riders who looked awful, at least on defense that game. Yeah. And suddenly they're world beaters and their fans were right back up up there on their high horses expecting great things. And now they've fallen all the way back down the poop hill and they are, they are hurting again. And, and it looks good. They have had far too much they're success gonna, for such a young franchise. They're going to get crushed in Winnipeg, and it's in Winnipeg. Yeah. Crushed. I never want to say good things about Winnipeg, but that team points. looks good. 23 points, at least. But Chris Trebler still sucks. Yep. Edmonton at Montreal. You said you're not picking Montreal. <sighs> I'm picking Montreal. I, I made the mistake Adams, last baby. week. Big play VA. I made the mistake last week. I, I got it right two weeks ago and, and predicted a, an unbelievable Montreal win, and then I backed off last week. And I, I'm going to do it again. There's no way Montreal wins this game. So they're going to win by 10. Montreal will win. And finally, BC at Saskatchewan. Oh, the Riders. By double digits. Everyone's saying that. 
I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I just I, I've watched this team for so long. I know that this is a game that they should win, and they should win easily, which means they'll lose this game. Then they'll lose next week too. Toronto game. You said the exact same thing. Literally, I bet you if we go back to the tapes, you probably said those exact words oh, one after the other. Oh, that was a classic trap game. Absolutely, yep. I brought that up. Yep. I was right about the Montreal home game last year. That was a classic trap game. So I'm bad at 500. So, so this will be the one to see which uh, which side you're on. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I am picking the Rodgers, though. But double digits. I, you're hearing it now. Oof. This is the game our defense shows up. Any team wins by double digits, it will not be the Rodgers. They'll win single digits. Eight points. Riley will have the ball at the end of the game to try and tie it. Oh, God. Won't get it. That never goes well for us. 2016 East Final. Damn. 2017? What did I say? 2016. Oh, yeah, we weren't in the East Final at 5-13. No, 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 we weren't. No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I just want to mention one other thing before we go here. The uh, third annual Piffles Bowl coming up on July the 27th. That's coming up in 10 days. Man, that just flew up. I love 60 it. bucks gets you on the field at Mosaic Stadium, gets you a shirt, gets you entered in for prizes, and gets you uh, it, proceeds go to Hope's Home in Regina here. It's a great charity. And uh, you get a, a charitable receipt back as well for that. And uh, come out and, and just play touch football. It's going to be great. It's going to yep. be fun. You have to... We're playing. I'm playing. I have no skill. And uh, I'm playing. You, I fake like I have skill. If you have no skills, great. If you have some skills, great. Yep. If you have lots of skills, you're probably overqualified, but great. There'll probably be another kicking competition. Yeah, and, we'll, uh, we'll have a blast, and yep. uh, should be some 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 fun times out there. So if you're interested in doing this, it's going to be in Regina, Saturday, July 27th, before the Rotter game in BC. So this runs from one to three at Mosaic Stadium. Um, just let us know at Piffles Pod on Twitter. Uh, send us an email, pifflespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's probably the best one where yep. we'll all see it. And uh, if you have any more information or want more information or have any questions, just let us know, and uh, we'd love to have you out. And it's, and it's all about fun, and we're doing a, a post-game viewing party. Yep. I was going to say, if you don't want to make it to the game itself, or you can't play, or you just don't feel comfortable playing football, all good. Come to uh, Mr. Mike's in Grasslands, 5 o'clock. We're going to sit down and watch uh, some rider football. Again, auction off some pretty awesome prizes. And uh, have have a lot of fun. That's going to be a day because I got a co-worker's bachelor party that night that starts at 8. So right after the Rotter game, I'm going out to the East End and oof, that's going to be fun. Oh. But anyway, Piffles Bowl is going to be a great time. And uh, while you're uh, looking at the Piffles Bowl, the event is on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast. You'll find it there. Uh, Piffles Podcast uh, going to the Banjo Bowl, our bus. Almost sold out. Still are a few tickets left. Not very many. So if you want to go to the Banjo Bowl, last year it was a blast. Riders ended up, you know, blowing that game wide open. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Our defense blew that game wide open. In, in the fourth, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that was a lot of fun. We're going back. Uh, let us know. Just got to have half deposit. It's 250 bucks a person. You get ride there, back. Hotel night. Hotel for the night in, in downtown Winnipeg. And... Uh, Ticket ticket to the game. game. That, that's and the tickets part. are by the Rum Hut. Which is Apparently that's a sales point. Very... And there's dogs there now. Yeah. So Alex will I'll, not be I'll at be the there. game. I'm yeah. not going to be paying attention to the game. Yeah. I won't care. There'll be dogs. Anyway, going to the Banjo Bowl, so uh, let us know if you're interested in that as well. And we got to know by July 31st. 
That's two weeks. I know. It's coming up. Wow. So a couple, sp- couple spots left, so just shoot us a message, and we'll uh, we'll get you on that bus there. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Like we mentioned, give us a follow on Twitter, at PifflesPod. I'm at RealAlexD. I am at Safamod. Facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Give that page the old thumbs up. Instagram, do those old double, double taps. Get the likes, the hearts. I, I don't, I don't do the Instagram. Instagram. I don't know how it works. At PifflesPod, and check out the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty, Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You can find them on Twitter at CFPodNetwork. And of course, we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Check out hashtag SASPodcast for more on that. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's some things to think about. Instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow, or if the car behind you is trying to hitch a ride on your bumper, what if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? Come see why things are different at Connexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Connexus cares. We gotta go. Let's get sung out. This is Tyler Gilbert, Ghost Behind Your Mind. The ghost behind your mind.